Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So hopefully you have your notes out. I want to talk about <clears throat> something that's really close to me. Uh, it's actually, we're, getting, we're going to start the scripture that I chose at the first of the year. Most of you know I always choose the scripture at the first of the year, uh, what I believe God's going to do in our congregation through this year. Uh, and it's Ephesians 1.11, all one, so it's easy to remember. Uh, <clears throat> let me read it to you. It says, In him we have, uh, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Just a lot of great nuggets in there. And you can see I have one that's highlighted and a little taller on your notes there. It's in him. <clears throat> and I want to talk about that this morning. I'm sure a lot of you have heard messages on this, uh, <clears throat> but I want to talk about it. One, one of the main reasons is, is, is what it did in my life. You know, as I shared with you before, and going through school and then through college, uh, and, uh, I was kind of a blue-collar guy. I had to work hard for uh, you know, things that the Lord gave me. Uh, and I, I just didn't have a real good self-image because I had some big dreams, but I couldn't figure out how I'd ever do it because I kept looking at me. I mean, you know, looking at yourself is not a good thing to do, right, because you see limitations. And so I, I just didn't, you know, I just didn't have a lot of confidence. Uh, God was still good and gracious to me. In spite of me, he was good to me. Uh, and then I got filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is a big thing in my life. And then someone suggested to me that I start in the book of Acts and go through the book of Acts all the way to the end and look at, for phrases like in him, in whom, in Christ, and just identifying what the Lord says about me. Uh, and so I did it. It was really a tremendous change in my life. Uh, as I begin to see what Christ said about me, not what other people said about me, not my family said about me, but what God said about me. And I begin to speak that over my life because how many know when you wash yourself with the word, then the word begins to transform you. It begins to change you. It begins to put, put me in the image of Christ. I, I'm, I'm able to do then what God has told me that, that I am. And so I begin to focus on that, which was exciting. Uh, and I want to I share some of the things that I learned on that journey here with you this morning. Now, you notice on your notes here on the, the darkened sentence, says, if we understand our, our positional standing in Christ, it will change our belief and behavior. And I want to basically talk about those two things, belief and behavior, as we see this transformation take place in us. And I want to uh, talk about the first one. Is, and so here's your first fill-in. The Holy Spirit seals us into the body of Christ. Uh, now, I want to share what I'm trying to get across here when I use that statement. Uh, first off, let's uh, read uh, Ephesians 1.13. <clears throat> then I have a picture I want to show you. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So when we heard the word, and then we believed it, and we received this thing called salvation, which just doesn't mean to go to heaven, although that's exciting. We'll talk about that. But it's healing, it's deliverance, it's, it's uh, you know, soundness, it's being kept. It's all those words, you know, solitaria, uh, we get the word sozo from it, God's life. And so that's really the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you a picture here, which was common not in our day, but it was common in their day. Here's a letter that has some wax on it, and it's been sealed. In other words, you don't break that seal unless you're the person who receives that letter, like we have now. If you, if you open somebody else's mail, you know, you could be... Uh, committing a federal a crime. And on, on the back, uh, when it was sealed, they would take their ring and they would stamp it into there. And that it would have an impression. So you wouldn't need a return address. All you had to do is look at that seal 
and you would know where it was from because each of us would have a unique seal on there just to represent our, our family, uh, you know, who, what our family is. So it's Reichert's, we'd have a seal there on uh, looking German, you know, or something like that for, for us to understand that I'm part of the Reichert family. Remember the prodigal son, uh, the story of the prodigal son, he lost all his money, came back home, and the father put a ring back on him. And that ring was so that he could seal his mail and they would know he's from that, you know, that uh, clan there. And also it was the credit card of the day. You could actually go in, put it down, and it would be the credit card. They would know how much your family was worth in the stores. And it really became, the ring became a, a really a unique thing which to show my inheritance. And, and that's what happens with us. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He seals us. We, we become part of the body of Christ. Uh, and look on your notes, the definition of seal is there. It means the stamp, means a private mark. Now watch this. It's security from Satan. <clears throat> we're marked, and in the spirit dimension, Satan knows that we're his, that, that we're part of his family. Watch this. A fencing in, uh, in our protection. Now remember in the book of Job, <clears throat> you know, Job was walking around the earth, and uh, the, the God said, if you consider my servant, you know, Job, he says, yeah. He says, he's a holy man. He praises me. He says, well, no wonder he praises you. You got a fence built, a hedge built around him. I can't even get to him. How many know you got a hedge built around you, right? <laughs> now, the key is to stay in the hedge. You don't be walking out, right? <laughs> stay in it. And so, once again, this seal is setting us apart. It, it's putting a dimension around us of protection. And <clears throat> it goes on to say that the name of Christ is uh, stamped into our forehead. It's kind of interesting to me, you know, that we hear about the enemy, obviously, got 666 on your forehead or on your arm or whatever it might be. Uh, I'm not planning on being here. That's my theology. I want to get raptured out of here before that happens, right? Uh, but you're, we're not going to receive that mark. But it's interesting that he's copying what God has done. You know, he has no creativity. He copies, and that uses 666. And I'm not sure whether God uses 777 on us or 333 or 111 or whatever it might be, right? Uh, but anyway, we're, we're sealed. And if we could see in the spirit dimension, I could see the mark uh, of the Lord on you that I would know that you're a part of his kingdom. There's an Old Testament example. It's in Ezekiel chapter 9, 4 and 5. There's a lot of them. I just chose one. And the Lord said to him, pass through the city, talking to the angel, through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the forehead of the, of the, of the men who sigh, men and women. Uh, the word means that. And, and, and groans over all of it. Uh, all the abominations that are uh, committed in it. In other words, find people who hate sin. Uh, see who the, that are against sin. They're not going in the world system. They're not walking in that way. They hate sin. They're praying. They're expecting my return. He says, mark them. Mark every one of them. Yeah. Now, and you go on and read a little farther in verse 6 and 7. It talks about that angel, the angel of death going through and killing everybody else not having any mercy on them because they didn't receive this mark. They weren't, they weren't going in the way of the Lord. Uh, and, and so it's just a picture of God's protection when wrath and destruction come. Because I mean, no, we've been saved from the wrath of God. You know, we're not going to receive the wrath of God because we received Christ. Jesus took the wrath on the cross so that I could receive his peace. Uh, Exodus 12 could also be used. Remember the Passover lamb was shed. We're getting ready for Passover. And they put the blood on the house. And when the angel of death passed over, right. <clears throat> they were saved. The house was saved. The whole household was saved. That's why we believe in household salvation. And, and so we, we see these pictures of the sealing power of, of the Lord. Uh, now, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, let me read it to you. 
and who has put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Uh, one translation says as a down payment. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit in you, uh, then there's a seal put on us. And it's a guarantee that when God comes back, you're going to go with him. So when this thing called the rapture comes, a, snatch, a snatching away, the angel knows who to snatch because we have this mark on us. We're, we, not the mark of the beast, but the mark of the Lord, right? And that sealing power is there to guarantee that I'm sealed in the body of Christ, I'm receiving this, and, and I'm going to be snatched out of here. Ephesians 4.30 says the same thing. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And this day of redemption is kind of an interesting little word play here. Uh, the word redemption means to be purchased out of a slave market and set into the kingdom of God. Now, that's the first installment on your redemption. And then as we travel through this, er, you know, our life journey here through this world, then there's, there's things that God does in our life to show we're not a slave. And then there's going to be one day, it's like Tom Coger, there's going to be one day that we're snatched out of here and we're going to be with the Lord forever. You're going to look into those eyes of love, and you're just going to be so excited about being in the presence of God. Eternity with the Lord. You say, well, am I going to play a harp and sit on a cloud? No, number one, you'd fall through a cloud, all right? <laughs> you hold, held a harp in your hand, right? And we're going to worship the Lord. You're going to work. I'm going to work. The talents you have now are going to be accelerated. You're going to use them in heaven. And so it's going to be exciting to be with the Lord. And number one, it beats the alternative of hell, right? <laughs> Where you want to die, you can't. Uh, where now we want to live because we're in His presence. You know, one of the great examples of this is in Revelations, of course, in the last days, when uh, out of each tribe, the 12 tribes, there's 12,000 picked, 144,000. They are the evangelist of the time because there'll be a great time of evangelism after you and I are raptured out of here because people will understand what you've been witnessing to Him is true. So they better, they better get on the, you know, on the train here and so there's going to be a great uh, awakening at that time. And anyway, <clears throat> what we are, we're sealed in the body of Christ. You're in the body, I'm in the body. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12 or, uh, and 14, we're all different members of it, uh, but we're one body. So we're sealed in that body of Christ. So it's an exciting thing. The second filling goes like this. We must realize that we have the Spirit of God in us. Now listen to this. To empower us to have the ability to bear fruit that shows we are in Him. So we got the Spirit of God in us. God came and He lives in us. The Trinity's in us, living in us. You know, John 14 through 16 talks about that. We're going to come and make our abode, our habitat with you. And He's going to live in us. And so that's exciting to know. Where's God at? Right in me and right in you. It's, it's, he's in, I don't know how that works, but I know He's in there. He's in there. And He wants us to realize that because He is in us, then he's going to help us bear fruit. I want to give you a scripture before we show another picture here. It's in Acts 17, 28. <clears throat> Real familiar scripture. It says, in him. Would you say that with me? In him. In him. We live and move and have our being. <clears throat> As even some of the old uh, prophets had said, for we are indeed his offspring. But we live and we move in him. That's where our being is. That's where our existence is. That's our identity. That's who we're known for, that we're a Christ follower. We're in Him. Now, I have a picture here that a lot of you have seen before. It's a tree. It's an apple tree, uh, and it's got all these apples on it. 
Now, <clears throat> once again, the apples only happen because the branch is in the trunk. Because out of the trunk, we see the nutrients come, go into the branches, and then, boom, fruit happens. And so that's with you and me. Here I have the Spirit of God in me, flows up in me, and then I'm a branch, and then love and joy and peace, all that begins to branch on me because a tree is known by its fruit, right? It's known by its fruit. We're known by our fruit. And I want people to know this fruit that I have, but I only have it because I'm in Him. It's in Him that I live and move and have my being. It's Him that, that bears this, this fruit. You know, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 22, let me, uh, 21. Let me just quote it to you. It says, He was made to be sin who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in Him. I got right standing with the Lord because I'm in Him. You know, I'm able to do things because I'm in Him. Not because of me, but because I'm in Him. Now, I showed you my Play-Doh before. <clears throat> this is my Play-Doh. And when I look at this, there's nobody that has kids or whatever doesn't recognize this is Play-Doh, right? You got it. It's, it's Play-Doh. However, what you don't understand is that in there is me. <laughs> I'm in Him. I'm in Him. I'm hidden in Him, uh, but I'm going to bear fruit because He's in me. Amen. You know, not only am I in Him, but He is in me. See, what I have to realize that <clears throat> what's on the inside of me <clears throat> is this. Come on, uh -huh, uh -huh. Superman, all right? Now, aren't you glad you don't have to find a phone booth to change into, right? It's, it's always available, right? Always available because Christ in me, Christ in me is my hope of glory. And, and that's what I have to understand, that, that Christ is in me. And not only is Christ in me, but I'm also in Him. So that's, that's the exciting thing as, as we look at a couple of these scriptures here. Now, I want to read a, uh, this one that's marked first uh, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1. I want to read it out. It's called The Passion. Uh, this is really neat uh, how they've translated it here. Uh, <clears throat> it says, uh, and, and He chose us to be His very own. And I love that. Joining us to Himself, even before He laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, his great love, he ordained us as one with Christ, one with Christ from the beginning so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Now listen to this, uh, <clears throat> verse 7. Since we, have been, since we are now joined with Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by His blood. The, this, this is great. The total cancellation of our sins. Total cancellation of our sins. All because, all because of, uh, of the cascading riches of His grace. I love that word, cascading. Uh, the super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us. Powerfully working in us. Releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. Wow, that's awesome. Now, another picture I want you to see. I have a <clears throat> bottle of water here, obviously. It's got a cap on it. Nothing comes out. Uh, but if, I t if this was inside of me and the cap was off, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but if the cap was off, notice that that water would be running in me all the time. It would just be flowing in me all the time. Soon the water bottle would never you know, get empty. 
And that's what I have to see. I've got Christ in me. And, and the power of the Spirit of God is pouring into me all the time. That's why we can say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The strength comes from this. It's almost an arrogant statement that I can do all things through Christ. But it's not an arrogant statement. It's an understanding who's in me. See, that's my understanding. I got Christ in me. And so he's able to give me wisdom. He's able to give me understanding for problems and situations that I'm doing. He's able to give me strength because that strength is running in me. He's able to heal my body because healing is flowing to me all the time. It's, it's, it's in me all the time because it's just cascading in there. It's just running and running and running because of his great love, his great love for me. Now, in Colossians 2, once again, it's alluded to on your notes. I want to read it out of here. Uh, for he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness, our own completeness, our own completeness is now found in him. That's where I find completeness. You want to know who you are? Know you're in Christ. Want to know what your life is all about? In Christ. That's where you're going to find it. We are completely filled with God. Woo, that'll work. We're completely filled with God uh, as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Christ's fullness, that little bottle of water running in me all the time. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Through our union with Him, our union with Him, we have experienced circumcision of the heart. Now listen to this. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct. Whoa! All the guilt and the power is totally cut away. And it wasn't because of something we did, uh, the good that we did, but because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished. For we have been buried with him, immersed into his death, which is one of the things that Steve was typifying, getting baptized, immersed into his death, and our uh, baptism into death, which means we also are raised with him when we believe in God's resurrection power. And so when I raised him out of there, he was typifying that from now on, he's going to live in resurrection power. Not on his own ability, but Christ's ability on the inside of him. Just awesome to think about Christ in me, Christ in me. Now, I want to show you uh, 1 John 3, 4 through 6. It'll be on the screen here. <clears throat> and it says this. Everyone who makes a uh, prediction of a sinning also practices uh, lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Now, watch this. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him, and in him, there is no sin. Now, just picture once again that you're in him. That's where I am. I'm in him. So in him, there is no sin, right? He's not sinning. Well, I'm in him. See, that's why the power of sin is broken because I'm in him. It's not what I'm doing, it's where I am. And that'll, that'll continue to, to break the power of sin. It'll, it'll break it. There's a scripture in Isaiah 10 that says that the anointing breaks the yoke. I'm sure some of you heard that. Uh, really, what it literally means in the Hebrew, it means the fatness will break the power of sin. Now, it's okay to be fat in the spiritual dimension, <laughs> but not in the physical dimension, right? Uh, just a testimony. There's a lady in the congregation that I met with uh, not long ago, and, uh, and she lost, in, in a year, she lost 150 pounds. 
Now, I've lost 150 pounds, but I keep finding them again. I don't know about you. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. How did she do it? Well, she knows she's eating right, exercising, all the things we should do. But she did begin to confess and believe that God wanted to, to break this, this hold of food on her. Uh, and, and, and man, in one year, so I'm thinking to myself, if she can lose 150 pounds in a year, I can certainly lose 15, right? <laughs> you know, come on. Uh, and see, that's what it's saying, that the Spirit of God in us is so powerful, it'll break the hold of whatever it is, you know, whatever it might be, addictions, pornography, whatever it is, that fatness in me will just break that yoke. If I stay in Him, it will happen. It will take place because in Him there is no sin. There's no sin at all. Now, in 1 Corinthians 5.20, listen to this. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. <clears throat> in his son, Jesus Christ, who is the true God and eternal life. Now, there's a play on words. I wish the English language wouldn't do this to us, but it says, and, and we know, it starts out with, we, we know that the Son of God has come. Now, how many believe that, you know, our celebration of Christmas is a real deal, that Jesus came at that time, was made flesh? How many are going to celebrate resurrection? Do you believe in that? That he, he raised from the dead? Now, that word know there is aido. It means a complete understanding. It says, if you have a complete understanding that God walked the earth, He was here 30 years, you know, He went home, you know, He he'd conquered death for us. If you know that, if you know that, then it goes on to say, He will give us understanding so that we might know Him who is true. It sounds like an oxymoron. If I know completely, well, then what does this other know? The other know is a Greek word, gnosko, we've heard before. It's progressive. Now, this is very important. Because I believe, I will progressively have an increase in my belief. If I believe He's real, then that reality will begin to work itself out in me, so what He says about me will begin to happen in me because I believe. Are we okay? See, it, it's Him doing it from the inside out. When you read the Word, you know He's talking to you. When you know He walked the earth, He did it for me. He did it to break the power of sin so I could walk in this freedom. I don't have to be chained by it anymore. I believe that, and then I'll walk it out of my life, and I'll believe it. Amen. You see, it, it, starts, it starts with an understanding of who He is, and then He works in me to know who He is. But because He said it first, then I'm going to walk in it because He never says something that He doesn't complete in my life. And see, that's the power of this. That's the power of knowing who's on the inside of you. You know, once again, don't forget who you are in Christ. You know, don't, don't forget that. Keep reminding yourself. Now, no, Christ is in me. He's my hope of glory. Praise God. God is in me. And I'm in Him. And I have this cascading of His power just flowing to me all the time. It's just flowing to me all the time. I'm never going to run out. <clears throat> And, and so it's just awesome to see that. Now, the last fill-in is this. Because we live in Him, our behavior should reflect our position. Your belief will... Ex will your behavior needs to li line up to your belief, and your belief will form your behavior. <clears throat> what I believe in will work itself out, and my behavior will change. Now, I want to show you a picture here. And I think everybody, especially in Ventura, knows what that is now, right? <laughs> we heard him go up and down our streets too much. 
Well, nobody, well, that's a fire engine, of course. I mean, that's duh. And, and we also know what a fire engine does. You know, it, it puts out fires. That's what it's supposed to do. Or it's a rescue unit to come when people need help. And so we understand it. Now, the fact that you know that Christ is in you, the fact that you know that he sealed you into the body of Christ, that's going to give you an understanding that you're a fire engine. But instead of putting out fires, you're going to cause fire to happen, right? Because we're believing for, you know, for revival. But once again, you're going to know who you are and what your purpose is. Uh, there's a, a scripture that's been very meaningful in, in my life. It's uh, marked here on your notes in uh, Acts 17, 25 through 26. I'm not, I won't read it. But basic scripture says this, that God has marked the boundaries of your life and the seasons of your life. Now, just think about that, boundaries and seasons. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but when you go overseas, now, <clears throat> we, went to, we went to Jordan, just went to Jordan, you know, on March the 6th, I'm getting ready to go to Chile. Larry and I are going to go down to Chile to see the five churches that we're a part of down in Chile. But when I go to these countries, like a Jordan, a Chile, or in Uganda, I always wonder, why did, wasn't I born here? What would I have been like if I'd have been born somewhere else? Well, how many know that's an academic question? Uh, you don't know. I uh, can't answer the question. Why? Because God has set a boundary for me to be in Ventura. You know, I tried to leave a couple times, and uh, it wasn't, I was getting out of my boundaries. You know, and, and that, that median in the middle of the road there or on the side of the road is to keep you in your boundaries, right? You know, why does your car, if you have it, go, eh, 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 get back in your boundary here, get back in your boundary. You know, driving is a, really a test of faith, isn't it? Do you realize that we're trusting that person to stay on the other side of the road? I don't even know the person. If I can trust somebody I don't know to do something, how much more can I trust God, who I do know, right, to do something? Anyway, uh, then we, God has the boundaries of our life. And also God has the season for our life. You know, there's some seasons that are more stressful than others. You know, when the boys were growing up, uh, you know, we always wanted to go on mission trips, wanted to do that, but we really couldn't because the, the boys needed us there at home and everything. And Jackie really got frustrated with it because she was ready to go, but she couldn't go, you know, because she was a mom first. And, uh, and then, then we heard a word of the Lord. Uh, the word came, it says that preparation time is not lost time. And so in other words, in this season of your life, you're learning things for the next season. You see, because God knows the next season. So you're in the word, you're praying, you're doing this thing, it doesn't look like you're doing a lot, you can't do much because of responsibility, jobs, or maybe, you know, whatever it might be. But don't get frustrated because you're preparing for the next season because God has a new season for you. He's got a new season for you. Now, it's not always, always going to be like it is right now. God's got a new season. We'll close one chapter and open another chapter and, and we'll be in a new season. Uh, and maybe we'll even change our boundaries, you know, a little bit, you know. So we're, we need to be excited about the next season as well as being content in the season I'm in because it's God that does all those things, the boundaries and the seasons, right? Uh, and so I want to know that I'm a fire truck and what I'm supposed to do. And that's what the Spirit of God in me does. It begins to bring revelation to me uh, uh, that it, it is going to change my behavior. Now, in John 3, 27, John the Baptist says something. They, they kept asking, who you are? Who are you? Who are you? You know, who are you, John? And he says, you know, you can't receive anything unless it's given to you by God. And so what God has for you, nobody can take it away. Because God is the one who give it, gave it to you. And, and once God begins a good work, he always brings a completion. I already quoted that. So he's got your good work in his hands. And so who he said you're going to be, you're going to be. 
because that's what God is going to do in our lives. I just got to keep abiding in the vine. Now, let me show you scripture here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17. <clears throat> do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Now, that's an important understanding. Do I know that God's spirit dwells within me? Do I, do I know that? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. You see, that's why I really believe in healing, because of that verse. Because I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you ever went to a church, and the windows were all broken down, and uh, <laughs> the plumbing didn't work and everything, and it, they gave it to you, and you're going to worship God in there, wouldn't you put new windows in as quick as you could and get the plumbing running and everything so we could come and worship the Lord uh, and have something that would reflect Him here and the presence of God? Well, now we know God's not a building and we can, you know, we can worship in a tent as far as that goes. But however, in us, now, we have, now that we have this building, we have, we have some things we want to do. We want to get the parking lot fixed and, and uh, want to kind of redo Hebrews Corner. We want to get a new stage presentation up here. We've had the, all these ideas before, but we weren't able to move on them because we just, you know, it just it wasn't ours. I don't know about your neighborhood, but I've got, in my neighborhood, I've got at least three homes that people rent the homes. Uh, and then the rest of us, we own the homes there or are owning them, getting in the process of owning them. And you could tell which ones are rented and which ones are owned uh, by that person. There's one that I, I it, part of me wants to go help them mow their yard. You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> is there a house there or not? <laughs> and you can just see, you know, they don't water the yard. They don't take care of it. So, you know, I don't want to even know what it looks like inside. But when you get that ownership, man, you want to take care of it. You want to, you want to brag on it, you know, and show it's nice. It's, using, you know, as much as money you can to put in it, of course. But once again, that's why God wants to heal your body. Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And He doesn't want your plumbing bad. He doesn't want your, you know, torn up all outside. He wants to heal you so that you have the strength and energy to carry His glory into the uttermost parts of the world. You know, and so He wants you healed up. Now, there's another one uh, I want to give you to in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> and <clears throat> listen to this. Do you not know that your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own. In other words, <clears throat> my behavior has got to reflect who owns me. It's got to reflect who owns me. Why does every car dealer put an insignia on there so you'll know it's a Chevy, a Ford, a Toyota, or whatever? Because they want you to know that's theirs. Well, God's put a seal on me. He's put His Spirit in me so that people will know whose I am, that I am the Lord's. For you are bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Uh, and, and King James is in your body and your spirit, which are the Lord's. And so I want to glorify God in my body. I want my body to reflect that. I want. Remember when Moses went into the tabernacle? Remember what happened to him when he came out? He was all aglow, Right? Don't you want that to happen to you? <laughs> that people, man, what's going on there? You know, what's, what's going on there? You know, and I've told this story on, on Bob Howell before, uh, but, uh, you know, Bob gets coffee in the morning, he used to anyway, and uh, he was always smiling, happy, you know, Bob Howell, he's always bubbling and all excited. And one day, a person followed him out of the, the coffee shop and said, what are you on? <laughs> he said, what do you mean? He says, well, you're, you're always happy. You're always full of joy. And then Bob got to tell him why he's full of joy. 
because he was reflecting something different than other people coming in that needing the coffee to get him going right where Bob had something already in him that he was able to ref- and man I want that about my life I wanted to reflect uh, that people know who I am in Christ because that spirit of God is on the inside of me I want it to change my behavior I want it to change my behavior you know, in, in uh, once again, uh, one of the scriptures on your notes there, Second Corinthians 3, 5. And basically what that scripture says, it says our sufficiency is in the Lord. Now, as I said, you know, Larry Drake and I are going down to Chile uh, in the 6th of March after the night of prayer. Night of prayer. Don't forget to come to the night of prayer. <laughs> All right? That's why I stayed another day, night of prayer. Uh, <clears throat> and you know, it's kind of arrogant. We're going down to Chile and, you know, I'll preaching all these five churches that we're associated with. A couple of them, two of them are called South Coast in Chile. Anyway, so I'll preach, I'll, vi- I'll visit their leaders and, you know, pray for them and all this. It's kind of arrogant to think I'm going to go down there, you know, and help them. I mean, they're on the street, they're evangelizing, they're, they're doing great. I mean, they really are doing great. And here I am, I'm going to go down, you know, <clears throat> and I'm going to really help them. However, <clears throat> If you understand that my sufficiency is in the Lord, that what we're going to go down to do is share what God wants to be shared because He uses people. Isn't that amazing? He uses people. And they look at me as a spiritual father anyway. But anyway, uh, and I prepared messages. I've you know, got these things all stored up, but probably I won't use any of them. It always works that way. God will have something else He wants to, me to say. But you, know, you prepare the heart and you open the mouth and God fills it, right? But it isn't arrogant to know that you have something to say to people. That you can be a blessing to people that you work with. You can be a blessing. God will use you to share the love of God with people. That you can give them things that will change their lives. See, it's not an arrogance. It's just simply understanding who's in me. Christ is in me. You know, that... This just isn't, it's a little example, but I got to understand that Christ is in me. I got to understand I got that bottle of water flowing in me all the time with the strength of God in me. So when I lay hands on the sick, it just gives an opportunity for the power of God to flow through me and heal people. So it's not me, it's Christ in me. Are we following it? See, that's our brag. That's our boast is who we are in Christ. You know, and that's our sufficiency. So I want you just to, I want you to be, you know, confident that you're not just a blue-collar person, all right? You're, you're a, a, a Christian, you know, a Christian. <laughs> and we've got Christ on the inside. God chose to live in you and me. Amen. Isn't that amazing? And he chose to use our mouth, our, our hands, our feet to see this gospel proclaimed. Now, as the worship team comes back out, I want to read a scripture to you. It's on your notes on the backside. <clears throat> well, actually, two scriptures, sorry. <clears throat> Uh, Psalms 1, 2, and 3. It says this. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. That's our challenge. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper. They prosper in all they do. Now, how many want to prosper in all you do? Well, see, that's the declaration here that we have in Psalms 1, 2, and 3. Now, also, uh, right above that, I have James 1.25, and talks about the perfect law of liberty. It talks about looking in the mirror of what God has to say about you. These couple hundred scriptures that talk about who Christ is. Uh, 
instead of looking in the natural mirror. I heard a neat little story uh, somebody told me yesterday about uh, a gal that was 60 plus years old. Uh, I won't take a hands on anybody that age, all right? Uh, and she was complaining because she started to wrinkle a little bit, you know, and some things weren't quite as sharp as they used to be, you know, some of those things. She said, I just, I just don't like to look in the mirror. I just, I just don't like that at all. And her friend, who was 98, she said, I quit looking in the mirror years ago. <laughs> and we got to quit looking in the natural mirror. And we got to start looking into the mirror of God's Word, right? Because this is the truth. Because that thing in the natural is subject to change. And there's one thing that you're predestined to happen in your life, is you're going to be predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. And that's what God wants to do in our life. Amen? He wants to do that. So if you stand with me, please, and we're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to believe God to do some great things here for us. Our God, you reign forever, our hope, our strong Now, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're what Scripture calls a mere man. In other words, you're, wor you're working on your own ability. And I don't know about you, but I found out my ability is not enough. You know, I'm good enough to get myself in trouble, but that's about it. Uh, but with Christ, once again, He wants to transform you. Amen. That you get the super working power of God on the inside of you. And after we're done here, there's a great couple right over here against the wall that would love to pray with you, give you a Bible, uh, just right near the baptism on that wall over there. They'd love to pray with you. Uh, and just to put a sealing touch on what we have talked about, that you could be sealed in to the body of Christ. Now, Father, I thank you for you living in us. And Lord, I'd put my hands over this congregation right now. And I declare the power of God begins to anoint each one, falling like oil right now on everyone in this auditorium, Father. Drawing out of the inside what you have placed there, the talents, the wisdom, the understanding that we need to walk in a way that will please you. So, Father, we thank you for that wisdom, that understanding, falling right now into the hearts of everyone here, then coming out by the power of your Spirit, because your anointing draws that out, Father. We thank you every addiction is broken by the power of God because the anointing breaks that yoke, Father, so that we can be free. The chains that the enemy tries to put on us are off in the name of Jesus because, Lord, the guilt and the shame and, and, and the fear that sin brings is broken 
because we're not dominated by sin any longer. We're in your life. And in you, in you, we live and move and have our being. Now, Father, we receive from you the grace that you're pouring out, the grace that's cascading over us, cascading over us, and causing that fullness to begin to work in our lives. And we give you the praise, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you have ahead of us. Because what you have ahead of us is going to pale those things behind us. Because our hope, Lord, is in you. Our focus is on you. Our boast is in you. And Father, we thank you. And we praise you right now that you're putting new garments on us, Lord, so that people will know that we are sealed in the body of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And now our behavior is going to line up with what the Word of God says about us. And we give you the praise for what's ahead. And we thank you. And we give you honor and glory. In that name above every name, the name of Jesus. Jesus.